All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now from the Bleacher Report, the one and only, the great Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing all right. You? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, fun game last night, certainly. Uh, a very interesting NBA Finals. Let's put a bow on it, Howard. Kind of give us your overall thoughts on, on Toronto as champs and how everything went down. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, main takeaway from the Raptors' side of it is that, you know, this team, um, you know, really made an impression on everybody, you know, from a really strong regular season where, you know, to an extent they felt like they were laying in the weeds because, you know, they didn't have the best record in the East. The Bucks had that, but they were only two wins behind them. And somehow they just kind of, you know, sailed along without anybody really, I think, paying proper notice or respect that this was a, a serious contender and you know Kawhi Leonard snuck up on everybody in a way because he had missed a full year but he proved this season again and certainly in the postseason that he's one of the five best players in the NBA and incredibly impactful and we we just got all these really interesting performances from them you know they were very much an ensemble type of cast and in what you know I've returned you know the super team era starting in 08 when the Celtics first did it it's mostly been super teams with at least three stars that are winning titles. And in the case of the Raptors, you've got one supreme player in Kawhi. You know, Kyle Lowry and Marcus All have certainly had their accolades over the years, but nobody would consider them all NBA-type players right now. Siakam is, is on his way up, but he's not there yet. So it was really more of this ensemble approach, and I think that that's really refreshing. I think they played a great brand of basketball offensively, selfless they kept the ball moving defensively they were just uh, so tenacious just suffocating for the warriors and granted the warriors were undermanned but still the way that the they attacked um and just you know took curry out of entire quarters was really impressive and so you know kudos to, to the raptors um there are no asterisks on this there are always injuries in the nba there's always injuries in the postseason nobody gets an asterisk you 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 earn it and they absolutely earned it and they got everything the warriors could throw at them anyway i mean these last two games were really down to the wire and you know i thought for a while last night we we were going to go back to to toronto for a game seven but the raptors put on uh the clamps when they had to and you know they they earned this so when it's all said and done and the, we look back at the Warriors, is there going to be any more to write or is three championships in five years and five straight finals appearances it? Or do you think they somehow find a way to get Clay Thompson healthy, get some more depth on the capped out roster and get back to another championship, uh, get back to another finals and maybe add another championship? Or are these the numbers, five in a row and three out of five? Anything's possible, but this kind of feels like – it's either an end or a transition. I asked Bob Myers and Steve Kerr both this last night. I said, is, is this, you know, a, an inflection point? If it's not necessarily the end, is it at least an inflection point? Because Durant and Clay are both free agents. Now, Clay is almost certainly coming back, but now he's coming back with an ACL tear. So he could miss most or all of next season. Durant, most people still don't think he's coming back, but even if he did, he's probably missing all of next season. And Achilles ruptures are brutal, and you just don't know if a guy's going to come back the same player, especially a player of of Durant's caliber. He's turning 31 in September. He'll be 32 probably by the time we see him play again. That's tricky. That's tough. So, you know, even let's say Durant leaves, Clay stays, and you've got the three core guys with Draymond and Steph Curry being the others, you've still got the core of the team that won a championship before Durant 
and then has been to all these finals. But remember, the Warriors began this run as the strength and numbers crew, and that was about Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston and Leandro Barbosa and Maurice Spates and all kinds of forgotten souls. And, you know, most of those guys are gone. Livingston's probably going to retire. Iguodala's probably got another season in him, but he's, you know, he's certainly waning in terms of his, his impact night to night. And their supporting cast just doesn't have it. You know, their young guys haven't really um, blossomed. They're, you know, they, they've missed on draft picks. They've missed on free agent picks. Uh, Cousins, another guy they took a flyer on who is probably going to move on. And so there's just not a lot of supporting cast there. So when you say, well, they've still got Curry, they've still got Draymond Green, Clay Thompson will be fine after the ACL. Okay, well, maybe, but, you know, where's the rest of the, of the cast? That's, that's not enough. Three stars is great. It's a great starting point. It's not enough in this league. It never has been. And so that's the concern for them as they move forward, is that they're going to be capped out but still have to somehow replenish the supporting cast. That's, that's a really steep challenge for Bob Myers and his staff, and maybe they pull it off. But at, a, at the moment, this kind of feels like it's either the end or a, a pause until they can somehow find a way to build it back up. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report, and speaking about Kevin Durant, Howard, from what you're hearing, are the same teams still going to line up for his services regardless of this injury? I mean, everybody's making that noise that the Nets and the Knicks and the Clippers will all still make a run at him, and maybe others will too. You know, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what teams actually do on July 1st or June 30th at 6 p.m. or whatever the, 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 the you know, official opening is now. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to bat, bet on a guy coming off of an Achilles, which, as I say, like that is the hardest injury to come back from in the NBA. And a lot of guys are never the same, and especially when you're on the wrong side of 30. That's, that's the, you know, 29 is kind of the cutoff point from what uh, experts have told me. And so um, $160 million to throw at a guy who might not be the same, that's it, it, a gamble. And if you've been clearing cap room and you're banking everything on him, and if you don't have a lot to fall back on, and then you're also sacrificing a full year. I mean, it's a pretty strong bet that Durant will not play next season. So you're signing him this summer to four years, 160. That first, you know, 35, 38 million, whatever it is in year one, is is just to have him. It's just to allow him to rehab on on your dime and have him be around. But he's not going to do anything for you. So now you're down to three years, and you're just hoping that he's going to be back to normal. Um, who's carrying your team in the meantime? How much pressure is on him to carry your team when he comes back, despite coming back? from this incredibly tough injury. It's a lot. It's a lot. And teams will have to consider all of that. Do you think the Pelicans are going to trade AD to the Lakers? And if they do, will Kyrie Irving follow him? Will Jimmy Butler get that spot? How does it play out? Who was the first name you mentioned? Will AD be traded by the Pelicans to the Lakers? Oh, Oh, too soon to say. Um, You know, that, that trade is coming soon, I suspect. The draft is Thursday. I think it may come before then or on draft night. But, you know, the, the Pelicans, uh, they, under David Griffin, they're, they're, they're playing this smart. They're making sure that they've got as many people involved as possible, as many teams involved as possible. They're not settling for any junk offers like what the Knicks would be offering them, which is just not nearly enough for a player of AD's caliber. He can decide, you know, he can say all he wants, or Rich Paul can say all he wants, that AD only wants to go to Lakers and Knicks. 
doesn't matter. David Griffin can send him wherever he wants. Kawhi Leonard didn't want to go to Toronto. Paul George didn't want to go to Oklahoma. You make the best deal, and that's what David Griffin will do. And if that requires a three-team trade that maybe does get AD to the Lakers or the Knicks, but you're going to get some assets from elsewhere because those teams don't have what you want in a direct one-to-one trade, then that's what you do. Um, but I'm, I'm not about to predict where he lands. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If Boston is convinced that they're going to lose Kyrie Irving, do they fall out of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes because they want to hang on to their young guys? Not necessarily, and knowing what we know of Danny Ainge, it, it will not rule it out. I mean, Danny Ainge is a gambler, and Danny Ainge swings for the fences, and he, he did it even when he traded for Kyrie a couple of years ago. And, you know, if, if Kyrie's gone, it certainly makes it tougher because now you've got to replace him, and Kyrie was going to be the linchpin to keeping AD because AD and Kyrie are friends. They've talked about wanting to play together, and it, it, it would certainly make it tougher but if Danny Ainge can find a way to trade for AD and still find a way to make this team a, a contender, which, listen, Anthony Davis and some of what, whatever's left after he makes the trade is still going to be a pretty you know, uh, potent team. Kawhi Leonard could leave the Raptors, and if he does, then Toronto goes from championship team to out of the running. Um, the Sixers still have to re-sign Jimmy Butler and or Tobias Harris. The Bucks have a, you know, they have Giannis, but they still have to re-sign three or four of their key role guys. So there's an opening there for the Celtics. And, you know, Danny Ainge is not going to just give up just because Kyrie Irving may be walking away. I think they're still in this thing. Do you think Kawhi Leonard is definitely going to the Clippers? Uh, yeah, same deal. I, there's, there are no definites. None of these things are definite. Um, the only thing I will tell you that I have some confidence in is I still believe from everything I'm hearing that Kevin Durant is going to leave the Warriors. But where he lands, I couldn't tell you. Um, the noise around Kyrie to the Nets is very, very strong. But, again, until we see it happen on July 1st, the next fire hydrant, please. Up there. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm getting dropped off. Um, but, I, but nothing is certain until July 1st, uh, ever. <laughs> and... We've got a few weeks to go here, and guys will be checking in with each other. The stars will check in with each other. They'll try to figure out ways to get to the same team. That could affect how this ultimately plays out. Howard, Be- <clears throat> excuse me, Howard Beck with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Howard, we've asked you before about the Jazz offseason and how they can add uh, another piece to their puzzle. Is that more likely uh, now that we have, I guess, a little more information, is that more likely to come from a free agent or a trade in your mind, do you think? Um, I hate to just keep saying I'm not sure, but I mean, again, it's, it's early. Like it, it's, you know, uh, I haven't looked at their cap sheets recently. I'm not, you know, sure what the, the best approach for them is. I think the Mike Conley possibility is still out there. Thank you very much. Uh, the Mike Conley possibility is still out there. Uh, there'll be competition for him. The Pacers are, are certainly among the teams that could chase him. There are some others as, as well. Um, you know, whether it's by, by free agency or trade, you know, again, we'll, we'll see soon. Um, but, you know, that's a very creative front office, and I'm pretty confident they will find a way to upgrade. Houston's done some creative stuff over the years, and they seem intent on making major moves. Uh, what do you expect out of them? 
I mean, <laughs> the reports that basically everybody was on the table except for James Harden sounds about right. Um, Daryl Morey has never lacked uh, for boldness or ambition or aggression. And, you know, they have been great the last two years. Um, good to great at, at times. And they've still fallen short. Chris Paul's another year older. He's got a brutal contract. I don't even know how you trade him, but they don't have enough. And, you know, look, will they take a step back and reassess now because the Warriors are no longer the Warriors? Because KD is not playing next season, no matter no matter where he, uh, you know, no matter whose uniform he's in, he's not playing for the Warriors next year because he's just out. Kate and, and Clay Thompson is out. So do the Rockets now say, you know what, we can afford to run it back, same group? Um, maybe. Maybe maybe everybody reevaluates. Maybe everybody, uh, you know, takes a different look at it with the Warriors being mortal. But I suspect, knowing what I know of Daryl Morey, that the Rockets are going to be aggressive anyway, and they're going to try to find a way to, to seriously upgrade the roster. The problem for them is they don't have a lot that anybody else wants in trade, and they don't have, you know, a lot of excess assets in terms of, of picks or anything. So, uh, you know, they're pretty locked up, as a lot of teams are. Um, but I, I do think they will try, and, and my guess is they'll find a way to make some sort of significant move. Howard, you are the best. Thank you so, so much for coming on with us each and every week. You're always a highlight of our week, my man. P, uh, please keep up the good work. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Have a great summer. Thank you, Howard. The great Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report coming on and giving us uh, our NBA Daily Assist, of course, a staple of our Fridays. Uh, he's always really, really good. I, I think Houston's in a bit of a pickle, getting to the, the last answer that you just asked him about. I don't, I don't know what they do. They can say they're willing to blow it up all they want, but getting somebody to take Chris Paul's contract, I don't, I don't see yeah, I don't that's going to I don't see that. What happens with the other moves remains to be seen. So, I mean, even if Clint Capella has some value, are you going to take his contract and Chris Paul's contract? I mean, what are you going to give up for that? I mean, I don't know who's taking Chris Paul's contract. See, that's the thing. Right. You'd have to package it along. So Harden and Paul are there, but what happens with everybody else, and who do they get back for everybody else? Hmm. Well, and Harden and Chris Paul apparently don't and I think, rock, like each other. These days. And for all that we're think, looking, hey, what about, the, uh, what about the big three? Who's going to get the stars? You know, Toronto wins the championship, and – You've got to, as much as internal development, we all roll our eyes, and it's so boring. (laughs) It's not good talk radio. Fans can't really get to social media and grab a hold of it. But how else do you explain what happened with Siakam? And where is Toronto if he doesn't develop organically? Not Where are they? They're knocked out in the second round. That's where they are. Yep. You're totally right. Think how close they were to get knocked out by Philly anyway. Yep. They were headed for OT in Game 7, and then a shot hops on the rim four times and goes in. And Siakam is really good right now, and he's going to be even better. And he's got one year left on his contract at $2.3 million in the summer of 2020. He's a free agent. He's making money. Yeah. Yep. Big time.